2: This premier hockey podcast featured at canadiansconnection.fm brings you the latest news, in-depth analysis, and expert commentary about the NHL's most storied franchise, the Montreal Canadiens, hosted by Rick Stevens and Michael Spinella. Our team of credentialed journalists provides behind-the-scenes insight on the Canadiens, designed to inform
0: Everyone, welcome to the Canadian's Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio, keeping you informed, engaged, and entertained. My name is Michael Spinella, and I'll be your host for the next hour. This is episode 272 of the Canadian's Connection Podcast, and I'm very pleased to be joined in the studio by my co-host, the editor of the Hockey News Montreal, the founder and the president of Rocket Sports Rick Stevens, and how are you? Happy December. It's kind of crazy we're at this point in the year already.
1: How do we get here already? Exactly. Um, yeah, Canadians, tremendous October, came back to earth in November. And now what's going to be their fate for uh, December? Looking at the schedule, um, first two weeks of December, home games. Last two weeks of December, all road games um it's it's going to be interesting as we we follow this team uh, but to answer your question i'm doing great um i've not done my christmas shopping yet i'm envious of you um but i've i've got it on my list to at least start this weekend
0: yeah well, it'll be good to get to but uh, on the show uh, it's, it's a pretty busy show lots of news from this past week lots of news from this season so far in general so hopefully we leave enough time for you to go out and do Thank your you. christmas shopping you. and uh All of our listeners can uh, take us with them while they go Christmas shopping. As uh, in this first segment, uh, we'll get you up to date on everything Montreal Canadiens since we were last here. Uh, A few games, some uh, roster news, prospect updates, and news from around the league. Then in segment two, it's uh, thrills and disappointments of the first quarter of the season. uh, We will be diving into uh, every like the disappointments, the good things, the bad things, everything in between. We'll be talking about that. Uh, I think a lot of podcasts have been doing some letter grades, but we decided uh, let's do something a little bit different here. Uh, And then segment three, it's a Have Your Say segment. Uh, We turn it over to our listeners, and our Canadians Connection question of the week is... Can Montembeau be an effective number one goalie for the Canadians for the next three seasons? We want to hear from you, and uh, Rick, uh, I know our listeners love to reach out and get involved in this conversation. Uh, how can they reach out to us?
1: Well, I am I'm imagine that the Rocket Sports text line is going to be burning up this week, uh, especially about the signing news that we're going to get to in a minute. Um, and if you haven't sent us a text before, you are welcome to do that. Again, the Rocket Sports text line, it is 5853-ROCKET, 5853-ROCKET.
0: You can also follow us on social media at HAPS Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out our website, canadiansconnection.fm. Uh, make sure that you check out our comprehensive game previews and post-game recaps for every Montreal Canadiens game at thn.com. Montreal, and here's what's happened since we've been gone. Going all the way back to November the 25th, Montreal pays a visit to the Los Angeles Kings and it was a 4-0 whooping for the Kings. Uh, Not Allen's greatest start of the season, but at the same time I did feel Jake Allen was very much hung out to dry. Not a whole lot of support for him, not a ton of emotion or pushback from the Montreal Canadiens in general. As they get trampled, and uh, Phoenix Copley, the goaltender for the Los Angeles Kings, he gets a shutout.
1: Yeah, it was it, it, the Canadians weren't uh, weren't in this game. Um, this this was this was a whooping, um, and as you said, I think Jake Allen did what what he uh, could, uh, but didn't get any kind of goal support. Um, he had a great save on none other than Phil Deneau, uh, tremendous glove save um, early in the in third period but um, you know later in that third period um, the more backhand that that one looked pretty ugly um, the high shots were were um, 30 to 18 for the Kings all right that tells part of the story uh, but I looked at high danger scoring chances they were 16 to two uh, for Los Angeles well five on five so um, a really rough game for the Montreal Canadiens against a very good Los Angeles uh, Kings uh, team.
0: And they had a few days off to reflect upon that uh, before heading into Columbus and Montreal wins this game 4-2. to uh, Montembeau got the start, but to be completely honest, uh, Sam Montembeau and the Montreal Canadiens in general, I don't think played that well. Uh, I think there are a few occasions in which they got lucky with uh, Montembeau sliding way far out of his crease. Uh, Wide open net and uh, the Columbus Blue Jackets just not being able to finish. Uh, two goals apiece in that second period and then nothing until late in the third when it was Joel Armia who deflected a puck into the net to give the Habs a lead and, of course, an empty netter added as a dagger. So not a great uh, showing from either team, to be completely honest.
1: First game played for um, Armia since his recall, his second recall from Laval and uh, was the hero in this game. Uh, you're, you're absolutely right about Sam Montembeau. Um, he really lacked body control throughout that game. He was overplaying the puck and then putting himself way out of position uh, for any rebounds. Um, In the crowd um, in that night uh, were three members of the Edmonton Oilers uh, hockey ops staff. Um, There was assistant general manager Brad Holland, uh, pro scout Warren Reichel, and their goaltending scout uh, they brought along. I don't know that they liked what they saw uh, from Montembeau on that night.
0: Yeah, and I don't think we were particularly impressed either. Actually, uh, one of my Rocket Sports Media colleagues, Gustav, and I uh, did a live stream watch-along for this game. Uh, We uh, paid attention to Montembeau's play, and I think our consensus was if we were a a member of the Edmonton Oilers in the audience, uh, I think we were more inclined to pass on Montembeau than to want to go ahead and trade for him. Yeah. And this was a back-to-back. Uh, the very next day on November the 30th, uh, Montreal comes back home and uh, vi- Florida plays a visit. And, well, Florida, with another big whooping on Montreal, 5-1 to one is the score for the Panthers. Not a whole lot happened, to be honest, until the third period. Uh, the Panthers did go up one nothing in the second, but they proceeded to score four in the third. Uh, the lone goal for Montreal came from Kovacevic.
1: Yeah, and this was this was just waiting to happen. You, you, you just felt it through the game, uh, the Canadians coming back after a road trip, uh, didn't look great in the first period. Kind of found their legs in the second, and and then in the third there was uh, the collapse. And and the collapse was not only um, the Canadians as a whole, but certainly Caden Primo giving up uh, in total uh, five goals, all on the glove side. Um, and uh, it, it was it, it was tough and it it it's kind of the pattern we've seen from the Canadians um, being dominated by Boston dominated by Los Angeles dominated by Florida um, all very good teams and then the Canadians making up their points against Anaheim against Saint, San Jose against Columbus teams at the bottom of the standings.
0: So the Canadians record currently 10, 11 and 2. That's 22 points and 24th in the NHL, so Montreal still towards the bottom of the standing, second last in the Atlantic. Uh, please continue to check out Habs Notepad. Habs headlines, feature articles, and game day posts appearing regularly at THN.com slash Montreal. And actually, some big news in our roster section. Um, Alex Newhook left the game in the third period against the Florida Panthers with a lower body injury. He took an awkward tumble into the net and needed help off the ice Uh, this morning on Saturday, December the 2nd. It was announced that he'd be out for quite a while yet.
1: 10 to 12 weeks um, is the estimated time that it's going to take for Alex Newhook to recover from a high ankle sprain. And you knew something was up because the way he, he fell awkwardly into the, the mesh um, and his, his, um, his leg got caught up in it, it, it was, it was ugly. He, he didn't look like he could put much weight on it as he was helped off. Um, and yes, that's real bad news. 10 to 12 weeks um, for Newhook with this high ankle sprain.
0: And following the injury, the Canadians were called forward. Mitchell Stevens, your namesake, uh, there, Rick <laughs> from the Laval rocket. Uh, he's a veteran. He spent a lot of time in the American League, uh, twelve points in sixteen games with Laval.
1: Yeah, I think this was a good move. Um, he's someone who uh, can move into um, the the fourth line and uh, um, and and understands his role. Um, so rather than bringing up, um, a young prospect, this was this was a good move.
0: And the biggest news out of this week, the Montreal Canadiens have re-signed goaltender Sam Montembeau to a three-year extension uh, that will pay him an average salary of $3.15 million per season. Uh, Montembeau's career stats, uh, 3.42 goals against average, uh, 0.897 save percentage. Uh, so far this season, he's got a 2.73 goals against average, and a nine ten uh, save percentage within ten games, and Rick, uh, I think there was a mix of reactions here. Uh, we'll uh, we'll break this down just a little bit.
1: Yeah, I think that. Um, hmm, where to start on this? Well, um, Sam Montembeau has um, he he is adored um, by the Montreal media, um, and I think that uh, cheerleading along or 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 being a you know, uh, press agents uh, for Sam Montembeau. He is he has had help along the way in his negotiations. Um, you know, there's all kinds of terms uh, talked about his season last season. Um, I think for Sam, it was it was his best best season in the NHL, um, but really a, a mediocre kind of season. It, not to be um, you know critical, but uh, just calling it what it is um and and he we know that he had a really tough training camp and a, a tough start to the season wasn't looking good um you know Jake Allen uh, was looking better was better he he um had a great training camp he had a solid start to the season there were some even talking about maybe Primo would would displace uh, Montembo uh, at the beginning of the season and that's kind of got flipped on its head since Um, You know, we we talked about it last week. Uh, Folks love to talk about uh, goals saved above expected, which is an area that he, um, you know, uh, um, well, he excelled at last year. And and it's something that's not so um, sterling numbers there this year. He's um, 25th, um, Jake Allen at about 28th. Um, in the league. So he's, he's, um, you know, average stats. Um, he, but it seems like, uh, we talked about it before in the previous weeks, Elliot Friedman and said, maybe it was looking like Montembeau was the target for the Edmonton Oilers. And, and as they followed the Canadians around and, um, took a look at him more closely, um, it seems that they were not willing uh, to to make that trade, or perhaps it was Kent Hughes that uh, wasn't happy with the return. Uh, but in any event, uh, with with Montembeau signing that contract, signing a three year deal, um, it's it's unlikely uh, that Montembeau is going to be traded, and and certainly not this season. Um, you wouldn't you, you wouldn't want to be handcuffed into that contract. Um, if you were a a Canadian's trading partner.
0: Yeah, I think that sometimes we do see situations where it's a sign-in trade, you'll see uh, the signing go down and then immediately the trade. Uh, In this case, uh, just the signing was announced, so I think it would be pretty peculiar if within the next few days we did see a trade. Um, First, Sam Montembeau, I've mentioned it a few times, I think, he has surpassed my expectations a little bit since Montreal claimed him off waivers. But again, my expectations were not super, super high. And I still don't really see Sam Montembo as someone that can be a starting goaltender or even really a 1B goaltender. I think at best, he can probably come in and be a reasonable backup goalie on a good team. Uh, maybe some short stretches, he can come out and put out some good numbers. But uh I I don't think that Sam Montembeau is even really the best goaltender on this team. Uh, You mentioned uh, that he had a bit of a rough start and Allen was much better. Well, uh, when you look at uh, the matchups that they put Montembeau uh, up against uh, versus Allen, uh, it's pretty apparent that Montembeau has been getting, I want to say, the easier starts for the most part. Uh, His last three games, uh, Columbus, Arizona, or Anaheim, uh, Calgary. So three teams not doing so well in the standings. Versus uh, Jake Allen's last three starts: Los Angeles Kings, Boston Bruins, Vancouver Canucks. So when you sign Montembeau to a three-year contract, I, I would expect at some point he should be the guy that would be making those more difficult starts. No?
1: Yeah, for sure. Um, and and maybe that's to come. But I think I think that um, you know many many fans have asked why now? Why would you? There, there was no rush to sign Montembeau. You want to l- let the um, the offers play out uh, uh, right up until the trade deadline. Even at the end of the season, there's still plenty of time to to sign Montembeau. Uh, but we remember Kent Hughes saying that he was going to um, weaponize the media and and use um, the power of the media and the fan and in in order to um, s- send good messages to um the the fan base and and it seems like um you know Edmonton took a look at Montembeau um and you know we're we're speculating but but we know the trade didn't happen uh if they had been happy if Kent Hughes had been happy with the r- return it would have happened um so maybe Edmonton backed away um and there was an opportunity um for Kent Hughes to put a Really positive spin on this, uh, rather than being accused of dropping the trade, not not solving his his three goalie conundrum. Um, so you 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 line up Montembeau with <laughs> with three soft starts, um, and and he looks good. He's now got a winning record this season, two seventy three goals against nine ten uh, padded his stats a little bit against the uh, the the lesser teams, the teams at the bottom of the standings. And now, now you have the opportunity when fans are, are, you know, coalescing around, um, uh, Montembeau and, and a little sour on, on Primo and, and Allen, uh, to make this big splash with the signing. Um, you know, does that sound far fetched? Maybe, but, but, Hughes has said he is going to do these kinds of things. As an agent, you do those kinds of things. He was going to bring those techniques uh, to the general manager position, and and I, it, it all fits. Uh, whatever they've chosen, all of this fits the scenario that, that's uh, that's playing out.
0: And I, I guess to piggyback off of that, so if that was the case and they had him pad his stats uh, quite a bit against those lesser teams, uh, did that not kind of backfire a little bit in that now Sam Montembeau is making more than three million dollars next season, and it's a three-year contract? Uh, would Montreal did Montreal maybe set themselves up so that they potentially just overpaid Sam Montembeau a little bit here?
1: Well, I think I think the Canadians are willing to overpay for a fan favorite, um, and we you know that was pretty obvious. Um, the deck, the summary in the press release, um, the the headline is three-year contract extension for Sam Montembeau. the the deck or the summary, as we call it, the subheading, says the Quebec-born net netminder, the Quebec-born netminder has recorded a 9-10 save percentage in 10 games. Um, so you parse out, you know, 10 games, um, and um, and start it with a Quebec-born netminder. Couldn't say that about Allen. Couldn't say that about Monta, uh, about uh, Primo. Um, are you paying a premium for that? Of course you are. Uh, the Canadians will always do that. Um, so I, I think, it is, is it a little too much for Montembeau? Uh, yeah, probably. Based on his performance, based on his stats, definitely. Um, but the Canadians have cost certainty for their, their goaltending position for the next... Three years. There is no way that they are going to pay um, three three million dollars to Sam Montembeau and then an extra three point eight five. So three point one five for Montembeau, three point eight five for Allen, seven million dollars for goaltenders who really there's no strong starter, there's no real number one goaltender. It's not going to happen. So I think that clearly sets up um, an opportunity where jake allen is going to be moved between now and the trade deadline
0: yeah i think that's a good point too uh and like we talked about briefly uh jake allen i think the start of the season was phenomenal and outright won some games for the montreal Canadiens. uh as things have gone along i think he's come back down to earth and he's been a little bit more what we expect from him and of course uh going off against uh, some of the more difficult matchups, like we mentioned, the Bostons, the LA Kings, the Tampas, uh, in general, the Montreal Canadiens, not playing very well in those games. So you see his stats start to decline quite a bit. Uh, If we wanted to compare uh, Montembeau and Allen just a little bit here, uh, looking at a few stats that stood out to me, well, uh, you look at uh, the goals against, and of course, uh, Montembeau's played 10 games, Allen's played nine games, Uh, Montembeau, 27 goals against Allen, 30 goals against. But something that kind of stood out to me, and this kind of backs up the point of Montembeau getting some of the easier starts, the Canadians have scored 29 goals when uh, Montembeau's in net, only 20 when Allen's in net. Uh, The goal differential being uh, positive for two on Montembeau's end and negative 10 for Jake Allen. So I I do think to an extent uh, here, we have seen uh, that uh, Allen is been the more reliable goaltender and the guy they're willing to put out against stiffer competition. But I would like to see, okay, if you are committing to a a Sam Montembeau for three more seasons, I I certainly would like to see Sam Montembeau get more of those starts. Uh, I think that would help me better evaluate what he is because as of yet, like I said, I've just not seen enough from Montembeau for me to consider him a really good starting goaltender in the NHL.
1: Yeah, and and once that all is sorted out, the the three goalie the three-headed goalie situation has got to end. And once that ends, um, Sam Montembeau is going to have to take the load. That's something many people have been calling for. Um, is he capable of, of handling that? Well, we'll see. Um, but moving him and and he's been talked about as a as a bargain. Um, but now he's moved into a salary area where he's going to be compared to um, a Georgiev, a Samsonov. Um, you know, those goalies who in, in that salary range, uh, even a Varlamov, um, who who's, I think, a bargain at, at much less. Um, so he's going to have to take on the tougher matchups. He's going to have to be compared to goalies in that same salary level. Um, and I, I think that, well, uh, the... Um, you know, he's always going to get favorable press, but I think fans are going to start to say, okay, wait a minute. Um, you know, is he, is he the goaltender, um, as some are now talking about as, as too important for the future as the future goaltender? Uh, some of the media are talking that way, or is he the stepping stone? Is he going to, you know, um, Put out a, a basic level of goaltending over the next three years until the Canadians are able to develop one of the next prospects.
0: Yeah, I, I think that's a fair point too. And uh, there's one last thing I personally wanted to to bring up here, and you touched on it uh, briefly. Uh, I felt like there was a lot of time to sort out the Sam Montembeau situation. Uh, I know was just purely spe- speculative, maybe the Edmonton situation kind of fell through and that wasn't going to work out uh, even after all of what was being reported and having uh, a lot of Edmonton scouts showing up to Montreal games. Uh, I think that Sam Montembeau did want to remain in Montreal. I think that's a fair thing for me to say. And if they wanted to resign him, I think they could have given it a lot more time and potentially talked him down a little bit in terms of numbers. And if there was still a chance of flipping out to uh, Sam Montembeau, well they had all the way until the deadline to really figure that one out, no?
1: Yeah, as I said, they you know, the the kind of he he hasn't signed uh, multi-year contracts. Uh he talked about going year to year and not knowing and and so this wouldn't have been unusual until um it, it it waited until after the trade deadline, until it waited till you know, after the, the the season. Uh that wouldn't have been unusual at all. Uh Sam Montembeau is is happy where he is. He said, if I could spend the rest of my career with the Montreal Canadians, I would be happy. Um so yes, he wanted to stay here. He's let that be known. Uh he wasn't looking forward to um going elsewhere. Um, he's comfortable. Um, he's adored. Uh, why would he want to move? So, so yes, um, you know, there, there was opportunity for more negotiation there. Um, on the other side was Ken Hughes thinking, oh, maybe he's going to go on a run here. Maybe he's, um, he's going to, you know, uh, start lighting it up against, uh, um, tougher opponents, and and is that going to be a, a more difficult uh, negotiation at the You know, that's, well, um, I, I don't know if that would, would play out that way. Um, we don't know what the goalie market's going to be like. Is Was he going to be in demand, and and then they'd have to pay more? Um, so, Ken Hughes just saw the opportunity where he had a winning record, where he had glowing stats, where, um, you know, there was a lot of good uh, press about him, um, and sees the opportunity to 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 sign him. Um, that uh, that's the way I see it, anyway. I, I should say that you know um, we've talked about Edmonton and and where they're going to take where they going to take Montembeau, Were they going to take Allen, Were they going to take Primo. Uh, as we mentioned last week, the Edmonton Oilers have other options other than the Montreal Canadiens. Uh, there are other goaltenders who were performing performing much better than any of the Montreal Canadiens goaltenders, uh, and at a reasonable cost. And we named some of them, um, James Reimer being being one. Um, uh, you know, uh, looking uh, well, I thought it was interesting this this week that uh, TVA mentioned uh, they were all over uh, the Charlie Lindgren story, saying. My goodness! Uh, when Charlie Lindgren was in Montreal, nobody considered that he was an NHL goaltender. We did, um, and we talked about it constantly. If you've you've listened to this podcast, we we know that you've you've heard us say Charlie Lindgren got uh, a raw deal in in Montreal, and and he went to Washington. And every November he is, or every December he's been terrific. This November, he's been fabulous for the Capitals and one of the best goaltenders. Um, in uh, the National Hockey League. Are they paying Charlie Lindgren $3.15 million? No, they don't happen to be doing that. Um, and he didn't get to pick his starts, soft starts, uh, you know, given uh, the injury situation in Washington. So um, I, I thought it was interesting this week that, uh, that some of the media were, were jumping on the Charlie Lindgren train.
0: Yeah, I think it's a great point, too. And what a contract for Charlie Lindgren with the Washington Capitals. I believe when that was signed, it was three years, one million per year. So that's looking great. And uh, like you said, Charlie Lindgren being absolutely phenomenal and uh, perhaps the one that got away from the Montreal Canadiens. yeah. And uh, before we get on to our prospect update, uh, did you have anything else you wanted to mention about the Sam Montembeau contract? I know that uh, at least online, it was really a mixed reaction from Habs fans on this one.
1: Yeah, I think, and that's fair that that it was um, a mixed reaction uh, because of of um, I, I think the the over generous praise. Uh, you know, folks are talking about. The way he played at the World Championships, well, there was there was there were no NHL players there other than on his team, uh, that can be kind of discounted. Talking about his his season last year in glowing terms, well, um, you know, kind of average. Um, but uh, you know, I uh, we talked about um, with uh, Marty Baron about the Canadians goaltenders, and Marty Baron said that Sam Montembeau has improved um, each year that he's watched him and expected um, that this would be the season, the coming out season for Sam Montembeau, uh, that last season he got the praise this season, he was going to catch up with the performance. Uh, So I think that's what uh, I think we'll do for the rest of the season is see if, um, you know, the, the media have promoted him. Uh, The Canadians have shown their faith in, in Sam Montembeau um let's now let's see him take that the contract situation is out of the way no more pressure he can play free um let's see him earn uh that that contract not that he's making that money this year but but uh show that he's worthy of the contract
0: yes absolutely and uh, we have a few more goaltenders to talk about as we get to our prospect update
1: it's time for the rocket
2: report the Rocket Sports Media team is your premier source for information about the Laval Rocket, the AHL affiliate of the Montreal Canadiens, as well as Habs prospects playing in the CHL, NCAA, and leagues around the world. Bookmark THN.com Montreal to follow our comprehensive coverage of Canadians' prospects.
0: Each week, we like to highlight a Montreal Canadiens prospect. And this week, we're going to shine uh, the spotlight on a goaltender, like I promised one Quentin Miller, uh, playing for the Quebec Remparts. Uh, he was a draft pick this past year, one of the three goaltenders that the Montreal Canadiens took. Uh, last season with uh, Quebec, he was very much the backup goaltender. Uh, he put up some good numbers: uh, to eleven goals against average and a nine eleven save percentage uh, throughout twenty games. And this season, uh, as we hit December, he's already played twenty games. Uh, this number is not quite as good. Uh, currently, the goals against average is 2.81 and uh, a percentage of 9.04. Uh, but uh, Quebec currently is the worst team in the East. Uh, they're at the very bottom of the standings, so not as strong a team as the Ramparts were last season. So I think that uh, is of reflected in those numbers and as of late i do think that uh, quentin miller has struggled a little bit uh sub 900 uh, say percentage within his last five starts
1: yeah i i think there's um it's a bit of both uh, the the ramparts aren't aren't the uh, team they were last year i don't think that uh and i think quentin miller is learning how to be uh the number one goaltender the the goaltender that um, that the team relies on. Um, and that's a whole different situation than he was in, uh, last year. Um, uh, not a winning record. Um, and I think that, um, he's a kind of, he's young, he's 18, um, he's emotional. Um, and, uh, he's got a, you know, when you look deeper into the numbers, um, he's got a 500 record at home, a sub 500 record on the road, that also, um, you know, very good numbers at home, uh, 2, uh, 2.55 goals against, a 9.15 save percentage at home, but it's those away games. Uh, 3.28 goals against, 8.83 save percentage. Um, so that's all part of learning um, and learning how to be, a, you know, a number one goaltender for a team. Um, and, and that's going to come. Um, and and uh, again, these, these are goaltenders with potential. Some will meet them, some won't, uh, some in between. And uh, I, I think there's, there's no room for criticism in here for uh, Quentin Miller right now. He's, um, you know, he's learning how to be uh, a, a goaltender, a, a number one goaltender in the QMJHL.
0: And uh, another goaltender that was drafted uh, this past season is having some success as well. Um, uh, In this week's uh, USCHO Division I poll, uh, Boston College takes over the number one spot. And, uh, well, one Jacob Fowler has been playing great for that team.
1: Yeah, he has. Um, And uh, Boston College has moved up from uh, the last last week's poll. They were number two. um, And... uh, They've moved up to the number one position, 11-2 and one record, and a lot of that is due to uh, to Jacob Fowler starting all the games there. Um, he had a terrific week, uh, named Hockey East goaltender of the week, uh, and then named Hockey East goaltender of the month for uh, the month of November. Um, so he's been he's been good. Um, as I said, Quentin Miller has been um, uh, learning his craft. And then over, uh, in the MHL, um, in, uh, in Russia, you have, uh, Evgeny Volokhin, uh, who's having a terrific season, uh, nine, uh, two and four, uh, record in 16 games, 153 goals against, 939 save percentage, two shutouts. Um, so, uh, that draft, uh, where the Canadians took three goaltenders, uh, there's some real potential there. Um, in Miller, uh, Volokin, and uh, as I mentioned, Jacob Fowler.
0: Yeah, absolutely, And uh, Jacob Fowler, great season so far overall. Uh, 0.927 save percentage, uh, two eleven goals against average. So you have to be pretty happy with what uh, he's been able to do. And uh, like the Montreal Canadiens scouts, uh, we're thinking uh, all Jacob Fowler ever seems to do is win. Right? That's right. Uh, Looking at a defenseman that's been uh, doing pretty well in the NCAA the last uh, couple of seasons, Lane Hudson was named the hockey East defender of the month. Uh, So far in this uh, early parts of the season, he has 19 points. So uh, Lane Hudson continuing to impress.
1: Absolutely. And um, uh, again, uh, another Canadian's prospect uh, honored as uh, a player of the month uh, for hockey East Lane Hudson and, and you know, we said it's December, uh, so at the end of this month, uh, we're going to be talking about uh, World Juniors, and um, we expect that Lane Hudson's going to be the backbone of USA's uh, World Junior team um, coming up at the end of the month.
0: And uh, one uh, other well, another league in which uh, Canadian's prospect is having some success is in the OHL. Uh, Philippe Michard named the OHL Player of the Month. Uh, really good since uh, joining the Kitchener Rangers uh, in 16 games. He's put up uh, 28 points. And speaking of the World Juniors, uh, Philippe Michard has been included on Slovakia's preliminary roster for the World Juniors. Uh, he also played uh, for that team last season.
1: Yeah, this is great news uh, for, for Philippe Michard. Um, kind of had an adjustment season last year. We remember that he had been playing against men, then going to the OHL last year, and his results were kind of hit and miss, uh, playing against players his own age. Uh, but this season, he's just been on fire and named, as you said, uh, Player of the Month for the month of November. In uh, those games in November, 10 goals, 12 assists, 22 points, um, and and a worthy quite worthy of the player of the month. Uh, you mentioned that he's going to be going uh, to the world juniors. Um, just a note there uh, news came out this week reported by Darren Dreger that uh, the IIHF um, has announced that neck protection, it will be mandatory for the world junior championship and the, the men's under uh, under 18 championship as well. So um, that'll be something new that we'll be seeing uh, at the world juniors.
0: Taking a look at the Laval Rocket from this past week, they've had a pretty light schedule. Uh, going back to November the 25th, Laval visits Syracuse. They lose in the shootout 4 3. Kidney and Mishak score goals for the Laval Rocket, their third goals of the season, actually. Uh, Jakob Dobis looked pretty strong in the net, uh, especially in overtime. Laval failed to score in the shootout, but uh, for the Syracuse Crunch, it was Mitchell Chaffee that scored the winner a uh, few days off in between their last game was actually last night on december the first as they visit abbotsford and their struggles against abbotsford continue abbotsford wins this one four to two a couple goals for each team in the first uh, but laval ultimately getting outshot 39 to 32 abbotsford pulled ahead in the second period and then they added an empty net at the end of the game to seal the deal
1: that was Straussman in goal for uh, laval um, first game back for uh, Emil Heineman after um, uh, being away, um, having an injury, a lengthy injury. Um, I thought he looked really good, uh, led the team um, in uh, shots on goal. He had four shots on goal. He was playing on the top line with uh, Riley Kidney and Lucas Condada. Um, but that game, and if he stayed up for it, because uh, it, it wasn't uh, till. Is a ten o'clock supposed to be a ten o'clock start. They had some problems with uh, the glass. It didn't start till about ten twenty, um, and uh, and yeah. So it's now a six game losing streak uh, for the Laval Rocket. They'll face uh, Abbotsford again, another late game um, on the uh, West Coast uh, on Saturday night, um, and it'll be interesting to keep an eye on the uh, Abbotsford fans. First of all, it's uh, a Teddy Bear Toss night in Abbotsford, which is always fun, a great charity. Um, on Friday night, uh, the crowd uh, booed uh, William Trudeau every time he touched the puck from start to finish. And the uh, broadcast, the the home broadcast, uh, the uh, play-by-play guy said that, um, unfortunately, uh, Trudeau has a name that's very impo- unpopular uh, um, um, in Canada and and certainly unpopular with the Abbotsford uh, crowd. So it wasn't necessarily directed at William, uh, but something he had to uh, deal with. Um, uh, of concern is the way Laval plays defense. Um, they're giving up 81 goals. That's worst in, in the AHL. And that's not all on their goaltenders. They're just terrible in their own zone.
0: Absolutely. So the Laval's record currently 5 10, 3 and 1. That's a .368 uh, uh, points percentage. That's 29th in the AHL, Mm -hmm. so still right towards the bottom of those standings. Yeah. Uh, Forward Sean Farrell uh, is out indefinitely with an upper body injury. He was actually pretty good for the Laval Rocket so far this season, putting up 12 points.
1: Yeah, I thought he looked good. A little bit of a slow start, but he he looked good. Um, Suffered that injury uh, during the game in uh, Syracuse that you mentioned.
0: So Laval has a busier week coming up. Uh, like you mentioned uh, tonight on December the second, Laval plays in Abbotsford for the ten p.m. start, uh, and then they head over to Laval on the sixth of December, and then on the eighth of December they are hosting the Hartford uh, Wolfpack. Uh, if we want to take a look at the Trois-Rivières Lions, uh, we've given them a lot of praise throughout this season and this week things uh, didn't go so well for them uh three losses on the 25th uh, when they visit Norfolk they lose five to two in South Carolina uh, a couple days later they lose six to two and then on the 30th of November they got shut out by Savannah five nothing uh, so it's looking like Joe verbeek has struggled uh, a little bit of late um, Although before this week, he has proven himself to be a solid ECHL starter. Uh, Anthony Beauregard still leads the team in points, but uh, things really coming back down to earth for the Lions.
1: Yeah, and I think Zach Amond was in that for at least one of those games. Um, Troit Revere is having trouble scoring. Uh, they've scored four goals in in the last three games and giving up a lot, as you, you said, 16 goals in three games. Um, uh, coming back to Earth a little bit, and and part of that, um, to be fair, is that uh, the Laval Rocket have um, have had injuries and and uh, dealt with call ups to to Montreal. So some of those players that have been performing well for Trois Rivieres are now in Laval.
0: On Thursday, the ECHL announced a brand new franchise starting in the 2024-25 season. They'll be located in Lake Tahoe. And they will be known as the Tahoe Night Monsters. I think that's one of my favorite team names ever. I don't think it makes a ton of sense, but great name, uh, great logo as well. If you wanted to look that up, and uh, currently I don't see them having any affiliation with an NHL or AHL team.
1: No, it's pretty hush hush. But um, that's Tahoe Night Monsters with uh, knight with a K. Uh, so a pretty safe bet. Uh, that they will be uh, the ECHL affiliate of the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Vegas entered into a one-year relationship with the Savannah Ghost Pirates. Yes, that's a name. Um, they are new to the the ECHL this season, uh, but just on a one-year agreement. Uh, so I expect I expect that um, uh, Vegas will make an announcement that uh, Tahoe will become their ECH affiliate. Uh, just a, a point of interest that uh, for football fans, um, former NFL uh, star, uh, not really, uh, Tim Tebow is the owner of the Tahoe Night Monsters.
0: All right. So Tim Tebow dipping into yet another sport. Yeah, that's right. Uh if we want to take a look at the QMJHL, as we have started putting uh, English language coverage on the hockey news for the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League. Uh, one article that came out this past week is Eagles looking to soar to the top. And uh, Rick, what can you tell us about this one as we continue that coverage?
1: Uh, Jeremy, who covers um, the uh, QMJHL for us, um, is doing a team-by-team um, review of their plans for the trade period in the queue. Um, and this one's about the Cape Breton Eagles and what they're looking to do uh, over the trade period. Um, trade period will be very active for uh, teams in the queue. If you want to know what Cape Breton's going to do, uh, head to um, our uh, QMJHL site. Um, and and uh, you can look at last week and, and the, the coming weeks as Jeremy goes uh, team to team, Um, In explaining that, there's also uh, some great um, articles uh, from the archive, from the archive of the Hockey News um, uh, that relate to the queue. There's um, a weekly team of the week, player of the week. Uh, There's all kinds of information for you at our new site.
0: So if you want to find all our content about Canadians' prospects, you can go to THN.com slash Montreal. And if you want to find the best English language coverage of the Quebec Major Junior Hockey League, go to THN.com slash UMJHL. And now it's a time to get to our quotes of the week. And uh, the Canadians Thursday night versus Florida had a major third period collapse And that led to two quotes that uh, really just made our cut of quotes of the week. I don't think we had any choice but uh, these two. Uh, The first one comes from Caden Primo, and he's talking about what went wrong versus the Florida Panthers. Second-guessing myself, um, but uh, yeah, they got two in the same spot and uh, played in my head a little bit. Um, So, uh, yeah, not ideal, but um, you you can learn from it. Uh, not sure. I, I felt like my glove has uh, been pretty good this year. Um, so, uh, yeah, like I said, um, just played in my head a little bit. Um, and that can't happen. Yeah, um, you know, you start doing things a little differently, so, um, like I said, you can't do that. When you start second-guessing yourself, uh, you know, things can go south pretty quick.
1: We've been saying that, um, Caden Primo is, is not an NHL caliber goaltender not to be critical just to be honest um and saying that um Caden Primo is not comfortable in his skin uh when he's in the crease uh or he's when when he's um you know in front of the cameras um and it's it's sad it's 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 really sad um and and you know one of the things you know for him to say that Uh, the opposition got in his head um, and affected his game. He said that uh, they got a couple by him all in the same spot. There was actually five goals um, in that game, all in the same spot. Um, And it's just being realistic about your strengths and weaknesses. Uh, Caden Primo's glove has always been an issue. We played that quote uh, from him that there was a focus, the work that he's done with Eric Crawford, is about um, placing his feet in the right place, and he said he feels that he's been able to do that this season. Um, but his his glove has, has has been weak, and it was in the AHL. It has been this season. Um, if you look at, I think he's led in a, in 19 goals this season. Uh, 15 are on the glove side, um, and and five in a row uh, in that third in that game against uh, Florida. Um, and that collapse in the third period. it's it's painful to listen to him. Um, it, it It's really painful and and, um, you know, does does he need help? Um, and, and as I said, Eric Crawford's been working with him and and maybe had a bit more time to work with him given the three goalie rotation. Um, but you know, one thing that I, and and this goes back, um, a few years um, when Carter Hart was a, a prospect uh, and Carter Hart arrived as a highly touted prospect in the AHL and um, our team, the rocket sports team was spending more time traveling uh, back then. And um, we, we were in um, Lehigh Valley and uh, Carter Hart was, there in the bench and uh, in the locker room and, and just, I took the opportunity to talk to him off the record. And uh, he very openly talked about this uh, psychologist, mental performance coach um, that he had. Um, and, and just that, um, y- you know, it was something that, that helped him. Uh, Cause my question, my original question that launched all this was how do you, how you forget a bad goal? Um, and and he just went on uh, saying that it's really hard work that in being to be an effective goaltender, especially a uh, you know high performance goaltender in the National Hockey League, you have to you have to forget anything that's happened in the past, and you don't look at what's coming up in the future. You really have to stay in the moment, and that's hard to do. That's really hard to do. We you know Zach Fukali had. Had um, great talent, but had had trouble with that as well. Um, he would leave in his head uh, a great save that he would make, or 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 when he let in a bad goal. And and Caden Primo, obviously, um, against the Florida Panthers, obviously that really affected him. Um, and so I know that the Canadians have a team psychologist, but um, this is something that individuals. Um, and, and we don't know, maybe, maybe Caden Primo has, um, someone he works with on the side like that. Uh, but goaltending is, is not only physical, uh, and we've heard that from Marty Baron that he doesn't think that Caden, uh, Primo is quick enough that he has those skills. Uh, but he certainly is struggling right now mentally. Uh, and I think it's, the pressure is weighing on him and it's really sad to see.
0: So our other quote uh, from this past week, it also came after the Florida Panthers game, and it's uh, in regard to someone else who has been struggling quite a bit this season. uh, Marty St. Louis on Josh Anderson. What's it going to take for this guy to get rewarded? Josh is back.
1: You saw it tonight. Josh is back. He fought angry. He's back. Um, Speaking of angry, (laughs) Marty St. Louis was angry. Um, when uh, Eric Engels asked that question, Marty St. Louis just glared at him through the whole answer. Uh, you heard that he didn't even let Eric finish his, he, he knew what he was going to say. He had that prepared. Um, Engels didn't even finish his question when he jumped in Josh's back. Um, he's back. He fought angry. He's back. Um, I don't know that that's that's exactly what's going to maybe that'll that emotional um, release is going to get Josh Anderson going, but um, you know it's it's been it's been painful to watch another player. It's been painful to watch Josh Anderson, um, and he's getting tons of ice time. He's getting tons of power play time. You'd think that that something would just deflect off a leg or a stick or or something. Uh, but to have two assists um and and who who hasn't scored uh a goal yet this year Kirby Doc, Jaden Struble, David Savard, Rafael Harvey Penard and Jordan Harris and Josh Anderson. And who's who's the only player in that list who who has played 23 games. Um you know, it it's been it's been difficult um and You know Josh Anderson. He has a speed. He has a size. He plays physical, but he isn't doing the right things. Um, It's not even that it's not goal scoring. He's not getting he's not getting assists either, Um, and especially with all the ice time he's getting, um, he's really struggling.
0: Uh, so when Marty says Josh Anderson's back, he fought angry. Is, is Josh Anderson's role fighting, um, <laughs> is, is fighting against the Florida Panthers a, a unique thing that not everyone does? Mm. I don't. I don't particularly think so. I mean, I think everyone gets into fights against the Florida Panthers. We'll we'll talk about that a little bit more <laughs> in a bit. But uh, yeah, uh, I, I don't think that it's fair to say that Josh Anderson is necessarily back, as uh, Marty put it.
1: Yeah, let him go on a run. Let him go on a run, and and uh, string some goals and assists together, and power play points, and and that's when we'll, that's when we'll confidently say that Josh Anderson. back. This was, this was a, an angry Marty St. Louis releasing just as Josh, Anderson, um, released on the ice in that fight.
0: Yeah, and uh, to as we approach the end of this first segment, uh, we have some hockey news. Uh, To start, the NHL announced the return of the player draft on All-Star Thursday as part of the NHL All-Star Weekend. I kind of like this. Uh, I remember there being a lot of fun moments uh, coming from this, and particularly one Alex Ovechkin doing everything he possibly could to be the last pick uh, so that he could win a car. Uh, So kind of a fun thing that uh, the NHL is re-implementing. Maybe this will help uh, some intrigue with the NHL All-Star Weekend.
1: Well, I, I hope you enjoy it. I've bailed out of the the All Star Weekend, and adding an extra day to it, um, it's just it has less and less to do with hockey um, every year. And and um, I think what made it uh, at least humorous the last time they had the draft is the number of players who were just drunk um, <laughs> during that event. It was probably not uh, great for the. For the kids watching on TV, uh, but um, let's hope that doesn't get repeated, uh, this upcoming All-Star game.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Uh, News from the Chicago Blackhawks. Uh, Chicago Blackhawks have waived forward Corey Perry and have terminated his contract for engaging in inappropriate conduct. Uh, Corey Perry announced later that he would be entering uh, the player assistance program and uh, released a lengthy apology in regard to it.
1: Yeah, it's tough for Corey Perry, um, a former Montreal Canadian. He was a leader when um, the Canadians, especially on the on the Cup run, um, and um, yeah, things obviously um, went sideways uh, in uh, Chicago. Chicago because of um, you know the issues with the NHLPA. Um, they could not say very much, but they emphatically. Um, said that it didn't have anything to do with the just awful, awful rumors that were out there. Um, and, you know, this this had to do with um, Corey Perry's conduct at a sponsor event and, and being um, under the influence. And so uh, this is good to see that Corey Perry is going to uh, get some help.
0: And uh, final thing we'll talk about here. Uh, there was a game against the Ottawa Senators and the Florida Panthers in which they combined for 167 <laughs> penalty minutes throughout a pretty feisty game. Uh, lots of scrums, lots of like rough play, lots of fights. And uh, well, uh, the icing on the cake here is this announcement from Garrett Rank. Two minutes for goaltender
1: interference, two minutes for roughing. Florida number 12 has 2 minutes for roughing and then every player on the ice has a 10 minute misconduct. Florida will have a 2 minute power play. <laughs> I have never heard that in my life and I didn't even know there was a signal for that. You you do the the you know the roundabout signal everybody on the ice has a 10 minute misconduct. Um it was it was it was brilliant that was uh referee uh, Garrett Rank as you said. Um this was uh, Bizarre game, uh, bizarre, um, you know, call there, uh, referees call, uh, but the Tchuk versus Kachuk, um, you know, uh, I'm all for that. And that that was that was fun. Even the chirping that they did back and forth was was a lot of fun.
0: Yeah, uh, you had the whole uh, Kachuk family in the crowd that night too. You got to see uh, Keith there, which is always nice. I believe Grandma Kachuk was also there, and uh, I guess that's the style of play that uh, the Kachuks are accustomed to, right?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: So uh, on that note, uh, we'll uh, move off into our first break. Uh, We'll hear from our sponsors, DraftKings, and then we'll get to our big topic segment, Uh, our quarter season evaluations. Stay with us. This is the Canadians Connection Podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Bet the action on the ice with DraftKings Sportsbook. You know, it's hockey season once again. And although I love using DraftKings Sportsbook to, I don't know, enhance and make more fun my NFL watching week to week, It's even more fun when you get in on the action with the NHL and DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, Whether it's daily fantasy, whether it's uh, same-game parlays that you're doing on Sportsbook, or whether you're just placing straight-up money line bets, DraftKings Sportsbook makes it fun and easy for you to bet the action on the ice. So download the app now and use code THPN. New customers can get 150 bucks instantly in bonus bets for betting just $5 on hockey. Now that's code THPN only on DraftKings Sportsbook, an official sports betting partner of the NHL. The crown is yours. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER or visit www.1800gambler.net. In New York, call 877-8-HOPE-NY or text Hope NY 467 In Connecticut, help is available for problem gambling. Call 888 789 7777 or visit ccpg.org. Please play responsibly. On behalf of Boot Hill Casino and Resort, 21 plus age varies by jurisdiction. Void in Ontario. Bonus bets expire 168 hours after issuance. See DKNG.com slash hockey for eligibility and deposit restrictions, terms, and responsible gaming resources. NHL and the NHL Shield are registered trademarks of the National Hockey League. Copyright NHL 2023. All rights reserved.
0: Welcome back to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio I'm Michael Spinella. You can find me on Twitter at The Spinella. With me in the studio is our president and founder of Rocket Sports, Rick Stevens. Make sure you're giving him a follow at Rocket Sports. You can also follow this podcast at Habs Connection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can visit our website, CanadiansConnection.fm. And just a reminder for those who have not already, or maybe you want to double check this, but please make sure that you subscribe to the Canadians Connection Podcast in your favorite player or on your favorite podcasting app. And like we said, this is going to be a quarter season evaluations as we move into December. The Montreal Canadiens are our already playing games in the second quarter of the season. Uh, the team finds itself below 500, uh and seventh out of eight teams in the Atlantic Division. Uh, we've mentioned before that their uh, schedule has really favored them in the early parts of the season. And uh, that brings us to where we are today. And, uh, Rick, I think it's time to get to uh, we'll do this in three different uh, rankings. We'll start right. with disappointments. We'll uh, get to contentment. And then we will get to elation. After that, we'll take a few minutes just to talk about management and uh, coaching highlights. But we'll start things off with the, the disappointments. And Rick, I think the most obvious one, and uh, we went off about this in the first segment, Josh Anderson obviously is a disappointment. Two points, two assists in 23 games. Um, that's, that's probably the easiest one to get off the board, Right.
1: Yeah, this is, the, I, I think everybody agrees there's no controversy here. Um, Josh Anderson has been a huge disappointment and and it relates to, um, you know, he's had good line mates, he's had lots of ice time, he's had lots of power play time and sits after 23 games with just two assists, um, a minus six, 29 minutes in penalties um, and is projected over an 82 game season to have seven points. That's not going to happen. Well, at least we don't think it's going to happen, but uh, he's just had a, a bitterly bad stretch.
0: Yeah, not much more we can say about that. And with that, uh, I'll let you uh, start off with a couple of your disappointments so far this season.
1: Um, Mike Matheson. Um, very disappointed in Mike Matheson. And, and Rick, why are you so disappointed in Mike Matheson? Because, um, you know, you look at the... Uh, goal scoring for the Montreal Canadiens, and and you see um, a Mike Matheson in there. Um, but if you drill down a bit, um, I, I mean, I, I don't think there's any um, any debate uh, that he's been dreadful in his own end defensively. Mike Matheson was was bad last season. He was he's been horrible so far this season. I, I don't think there's any debate on that. But um, you know, fans um, and media always talk about his offensive contributions, and um, and okay, um, but why don't we why don't we drill down a little bit into that? Um, and because I, I don't think it's it's as as rosy either as uh, folks like to to admit. Uh, he has 17 points. That's third in scoring on uh, the Montreal Canadiens. However, um, let's look at his five-on-five offense. He has two goals, one primary assist, one primary. Let me repeat that. He has one primary assist this season at five-on-five and two secondary assists. Um, so uh, he's he's feasting on... on uh, power play points he has nine power play points right now but uh his offense is is just negligent on um uh at uh, even strength play um so for that reason both offensively and defensively mike matheson has been a, a major disappointment for me this season
0: yeah, I think that's a great choice. Uh, I personally didn't have him on uh, my list, but I do agree with a lot of what you said. Uh, did you have anyone else under uh, your disappointment category?
1: Well, Cole Caulfield, uh, and that's again all of these relate. All of these evaluations relate to expectations, and Cole Caulfield was going to score forty. He was going to score forty-five. He was going to score fifty, um, and Cole Caulfield has been brilliant in scoring game-winning goals in overtime. He has three of those. Uh, But he only has three, three of his seven goals uh, at uh, even strength. And for the longest time, five on five goals, he was riding one goal. Uh, So he's picking up there a little bit. But in 23 games, I think more was expected uh, than three even strength goals from Cole Caulfield.
0: Another great choice. And uh, before we move along to my disappointments, uh, is there anyone else you can add to this list?
1: Um, I'll I'll let you go ahead, and, and I might uh, chime in on some of the ones that uh, that you uh, have um, identified.
0: Uh, first one I have after Anderson is uh, one Yuri Slavkovsky. And look, I, I don't know what people's expectations were coming into this season, but I don't think Slavkovsky's even really met that for me. I know in the last few games, he's been praised a lot. His play has looked better, and credit where credit's due. I think his skating and uh, his way, the way he handles the puck has started to look a little bit better. But uh, at this point in the season, 23 games in, uh, two goals and two assists, and that's not enough for me. So I think just... Just not seeing enough from this first overall pick quite yet. Uh, I've not also not seen enough of a progression, too. I'd like to see him be a guy that takes over games. He's just not there yet. Uh, Once again, uh, even though he has started to play a little bit better, I still question whether or not he would benefit from some time in uh, Laval.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. And um, what I want to see is him winning puck battles. Um, He's uh, more often than not on the losing side of a puck battle, um, loses uh, board battles. Um, and for a guy that size, that weight, he should be winning uh, more than his his fair share. And I want to see that as we move along this season.
0: Yeah, it has become just Slavkovsky move to skate towards a puck battle and then just end up falling out of nowhere. Uh, so you don't want to be known for that. And I'd like to see him uh, be a little bit better on his skates. Uh, Another player I've identified as a disappointment uh, is Caden Primo. And to be honest, I don't know if this is even Caden Primo's fault. I fault management and how they've handled the Caden Primo situation more than I fault Caden Primo himself. I think at this point, at least you and I knew who Caden Primo was as a goaltender. Uh, He's had flashes in the AHL, but he's not ever been a top AHL goaltender and so far this season he's played five games Uh, i think more often than not he's been the guy who's been a healthy scratch uh his record currently uh as it's a losing record actually uh right now his goals against average is a 3.73 the save percentage is an 886 so there you go i think kaden primo and how the kaden primo situation has been managed is a pretty big disappointment for me so far this season
1: yeah i think that's fair and um, you know, I saw, um, I won't say who, but I saw a media member this week saying, uh, tweeting, um, maybe Caden Primo isn't an NHL goaltender. And I was like, you yeah, we've been telling you that for <laughs> quite a while here.
0: <laughs> yeah, exactly. And uh, rounding off my list here, I included one Raphael Harvey Pinard. Um, understanding injuries have contributed, but in 13 games, Four assists, and that's it. Uh, Rafael Harvey-Pinard uh, received a contract extension after being called up and being kind of a nice surprise last season. Uh, he was able to contribute offensively. He was a good energy guy. This season, I think he's come back down to earth. Not really contributed a whole lot. Uh, he's not really had a fit anywhere within this lineup. And, uh, of course, I think the numbers really back that up.
1: Yeah, now he's he's injured. Uh, he's been injured for a bit, but he did play 13 games and uh, was on that list of of uh, players who haven't scored. Um, I I think for Harvey Penard, um, you know, again one of those players who was uh, pr- probably probably uh, talked up too much, um, and and it was beyond where his his talent is, um, and um, he's not a he's not a top six player. He's a player that will give you hard minutes. He'll um, go to the net. He'll he'll um, you know hard um, hard of a tiger kind of thing. Um, but you, you people would have expected him to to have uh, at least a goal in those first thirteen games that he played.
0: Yeah, absolutely. And uh, before we uh, get along to contentment, uh, is there any other disappointments that uh, we should mention along the way here? I
1: think you covered it.
0: Perfect. So, under contentment, you know what I'm. I'm feeling a little bit selfish this round. So, I'll start things off with uh, someone I put in, and that is one Jake Allen. Uh, I think Jake Allen said it before the season. He he wants more starts. He wants to earn those starts, and uh, I think in the early parts of the season, he certainly played well. He had a great camp. He stole a lot of games early on, uh, games in which Montreal had no business being in, uh, games that Montreal probably should not have won. He was playing out of his mind. Uh, Recently, I think uh, he's maybe gone back down to earth and become more what we expect from Jake Allen. But once again, uh, this is a goaltender where when he's in net, uh, it's been against some stiffer competition, and it's been in games where the Montreal Canadiens have not provided a ton of support. So I think uh, coming in in uh, contentment uh, is uh, one Jake Allen.
1: Yeah, I'm satisfied with his performance. Um, as you said, he played out of his mind early on. The Canadians, uh, unbelievably, in October uh, were at the top of the league in terms of save save percentage, and and that was mostly due to Jake Allen. Um, you know, he's he's um, where where Sam Altonbo gets overly praised. I think people are over. Overly critical of, of Jake Allen. A lot of the goals that um, he's given up haven't been his fault, um, but there have been some some soft goals as well. So, um, uh, but I think he's performed um, you know uh, relatively well, and he offers uh, something that none of the other two goaltenders offer, and that's um, being a mentor, uh, being a good guy, a really good guy in the locker room, and being able to uh, be positive uh, when he speaks to the media.
0: Yeah, and uh, under contentment, I do have two other players. I'll kind of link them together here. But you actually had these guys as disappointments, (laughs) so perhaps uh, I'm a little bit higher up on their play, and that's uh, Cole Caulfield and Nick Suzuki. Uh, Currently, Cole Caulfield is leading the way in terms of points with 19, Suzuki just behind him with 18. Uh, I agree that you do expect more goals from Cole Caulfield. I'm not sure why he has not been able to score more 5-on-5 goals. But he is leading the team. He does have uh, 12 assists. So I'll, I'll give him a little bit of a break at the moment. I think this could change by the end of the season. But for now, I will consider myself satisfied with both of these players as they have been the two guys leading the way offensively.
1: Yeah. And just to be clear, yeah, Cole Caulfield was definitely on my disappointment list. I'm, I'm fine with, um, I agree with you as far as Suzuki on the um, contentment list, satisfied list. Um, he he has you know he hasn't been lighting it up, but um, he's a, a player who um, ha, who we've gotten what what uh, uh, we've expected out of him.
0: Absolutely. And uh, are we ready to get to elation or do you have one more for contentment?
1: Uh, well, for, on my contentment list, um, I have uh, Alex Newhook um, who, Unfortunately, is is injured now, but I think that there was uh, a lot of questions uh, about him coming in. Um, I think he's been very up and down, depending for the most part on who uh, he's played with. Um, but he, I, I talked about Cole Caulfield and, and his lack of even strength uh, goals. Well, uh, Alex Newhook, all of his goals have come at even strength and he's tied for the the team lead. Um, so I'd have him uh, right there, Sean Monahan. um, I also um it was uncertain what was going to happen with him coming back from uh serious injury to serious injuries. um and he's helped to make each line that he's been on better. um and and I would throw in um, in addition to New Hook and Monahan, Jonathan Kovasevich, who I think uh, has been a bit of a surprise and and uh, um I, I, I had him on my uh, contentment list.
0: Yeah, I think that's a pretty good list. And you, you start to see where you and I have a little bit of separation in terms of what our lists look like. Uh, in terms of elation, I do have two players on my list, but uh, I'll let you take the lead on this one.
1: Uh, the one at the very top of the list is Caden Gooley. And I've mentioned, um, you know, I, I think Kaylee, Caden Gooley has emerged as the, the Canadians' number one defenseman. Um, we always knew that he would be strong on the defensive side, but there was some question about how he could contribute to the offense. Now, keep in mind that uh, Caden Gooley doesn't get uh, power play time, um, but I think you've seen quietly um, that Caden Gooley has taken over um, the most minutes for a defenseman uh, in the game over the last couple of games, and essentially... um, Although listed in the lineup, it's um, they are the second pairing, but they've taken over as the first uh, pairing defenseman that is Kaden Gooley and Justin Barron um, in terms of minutes played harder matchups. Kaden Gooley um, offensively has uh, he leads the team uh, with six assists, five on five offense. Would you have believed that or would you have thought that was Matheson? He, uh, Caden Gooley leads the entire team, um, not just defensemen, um, in five-on-five offense with six assists. Uh, he has one goal, he has four primary assists, and he has two secondary assists. And I compare that with what I said um, about Mike Matheson having only one primary assist at five-on-five. Uh, Caden Gooley has four, uh, six uh, assists total. Um, So I think he has taken over as the number one defenseman. And Justin Barron, um, we saw that he had a disappointing preseason, uh, sat out uh, initially, and then um, he's been the second half of the Canadiens' number one pairing. The two of them have played together before, and they look terrific together. Um, and, and so I would, in in my uh, thrilled column, Caden Gooley, um, head and shoulders above everybody else, uh, Justin Barron, and then I have uh, Brendan Gallagher, who I think um, has has had a bit of a rejuvenation, and and he has made each uh, line that he's played with uh, better.
0: Yep, yeah, I, I like that list. Uh, completely agree with you on Caden Gooley. Uh, All I really have to say is he's been the best defenseman on this team the past two seasons, and it's not been particularly close. Uh, Everything he does is great. I don't think he makes a ton of mistakes out there. And you know what? I'd like to see him get an opportunity on the power play. I think that he's somebody that could uh, develop uh, some offensive talent, but that's not uh, quite how he's been used yet. Uh, The only other person I included on mine, his uh, one Jonathan Kovacevic, uh, I, I believe uh, he was on the last category for you, but he's been really solid and I think a bit of a surprise. Uh, he was a waiver pickup last season right at the beginning. I uh, didn't know too, too much about him personally, but uh, he's come in and he's really found a role. Even going into this season, I wasn't too sure where he would fit in uh, on that defense. But uh, he keeps finding uh, a way to impress and uh, he's put up four goals pretty recently as well. So starting to get his uh, puck moving and uh, scoring abilities going as well. So there you go. Caden Gooley and uh, Jonathan Kovacevic are uh, the only two players that uh, I was elated with uh, so far this season.
1: Yeah, I like Kovacevic too. And, you know, his his uh, before he was picked up on, on waivers, his uh, season with, uh, in the AHL with Manitoba Moose, He was half a point a game player in the AHL, so he's got an offensive side to him, um, but we're finally starting to see that come out a bit uh, with the Canadians.
0: And uh, now we'll just take a few uh, minutes to talk about uh, the management and uh, coaching and anything that stood out so far this season. Uh, I think for me, first and foremost, uh, the management of the three goaltenders is what stood out the most, and that's been a it's been a pretty big L in my opinion. I, I think uh, how things have gone with Caden Primo is they've really diminished an asset to an extent. Uh, he's been, uh, hel- like I said, healthy scratch. When he's been put into games, and he's not looked that great and then the, the whole carousel with uh, keeping three goaltenders along. To an extent, uh, you see uh, Jake Allen, uh, like I mentioned in that first segment, uh, getting the more stiffer competition, uh, and then Sam Montembeau getting uh, a lot of those non-playoff teams and then looking a lot better than he really ha- is. So I think just uh, how the Montreal Canadiens uh, organization in general has handled these three goaltenders, is, uh, it's not been good, and that's really stood out to me.
1: Yeah, I think that's fair. the The three goalie situation—why you don't see it in the NHL—it just doesn't work. Um, doesn't work in practice. It doesn't work uh, in the rotation. And and um, you know, Marty St. Louis was—he um, was asked about it probably the wrong time to ask him um, after that Florida game, and um, he just—he was—he was shaking his head. They asked him when—when's it going to end? And he said, "I don't know. I'm just taking this week to week." He's upset with it. It's tough for fans. It's tough on the players. Um, and it's not something that um, I don't think the management has has handled it all that well.
0: Uh, something else I wanted to point out in terms of uh, management and coaching. I think uh, Laval coaching and management has been pretty poor this season, too. We've talked about the to, at length on this podcast as well uh, in terms of Laval uh, valuing playing their a- AHL and ECHL veterans ahead of some of their prospects. Uh, strauss band getting the majority of the starts over a Jakob Dobis is a prime example of that. Uh, so I- I've not been too, too thrilled about uh, what I've seen from Laval and how they've approached developing their prospects, but there is something uh, you pointed out that could be a positive here.
1: Yeah, I think um, that I- I've liked seeing there's, there's been injuries um, and, and, uh, the Canadians' management has had to manage those injuries, and I think the quick fan decision, knee-jerk decision, would be to call up Joshua Waugh just because he's an exciting prospect, just because um, you know he may fit in with a dynamic uh, Caulfield and, and Suzuki. Um, but as we said oh, a, a month or so ago on this podcast, leaving jo- Joshua Waugh in Laval. Um, he had a great start and then he cooled right off, uh, to, to, uh, fight through those challenges of not scoring, to find ways of contributing in other ways is, is all in learning how to be a pro, um, going on road trips and, and, um, you know, playing with a lack of sleep. All of that is, is learning how to be a pro and he needed to spend, um, the majority of the season, uh, in Laval and I give full credit to the management by not taking, Not listening to, uh, you know, a popular opinion and and calling him up right away.
0: Yeah, I agree with that as well. Uh, the only other thing that uh, I, I put on my list here was Yesa uh, Ullinen. I think he's been pretty good. Uh, he didn't make the cut on uh, the previous uh, list for me, but I think he's been pretty good. And uh, the reason that uh, he's not made those other lists is, well, we've not seen a ton of them. He's playing less than uh, 10 minutes a night for the most part. And uh, I, I would like to see more of him. I'm a little bit curious as to why he's not been uh, given opportunities higher up in that lineup.
1: You're absolutely right. Um, you know he he has very few opportunities, but when he has those opportunities, he's made the most of them. Great hands, a terrific skater, looks like an NHL player. Um, the Canadians don't have uh, many of, of those kinds of, of players. maybe Emil Heineman and, and uh, I mentioned him earlier. He, he's been out for uh, quite a while um, and just back uh, on Friday night um, for Lavelle. Um, so, you know, you, you got to give those players an opportunities to, uh, and, and the other part of it, as a young player, um, you know, oftentimes it's the defensive game that where they struggle. Um, Ulinen is is excellent defensively, so uh, really would have liked to see a lot more from him.
0: Absolutely. And uh, under uh, the management and coaching uh, section, was there anything else that you wanted to add there, Rick?
1: I think we we've we've covered it.
0: Perfect. And uh, before we get to the end here, uh, something we wanted to do is just uh, highlight uh, some great moments from this past season. And uh, coincidentally, I think uh, our two, a few of our favorite moments came in the very first game against the Toronto Maple Leafs. So uh, if you want to go back, this was uh, the first game of the season. Fans were headed into the season with a lot of high expectations and in some cases some mixed expectations. And well, the first thing that stood out to me and my favorite moment of the season so far was one Jackeye standing up for his teammate and taking down one Ryan Reeves. Uh, Toronto was very excited to bring in one of the toughest guys in the league and he was going to go help their dressing room. He was going to help the Leafs not get walked over. And uh, there you go. Jackeye comes in and uh, put that <laughs> to rest almost immediately, uh, pushing up. Uh, Ryan Reeves down on top of the net and uh, making him look quite silly.
1: Yeah, and and this was, um, Ryan Reeves was kind of asking for it. He had dished out big hits on, just mentioned him, Ulanen and also Caden Gooley and uh, Arbor Jacke. You knew this moment was going to come. It was it was built up um, that uh, that some at some point between the Maple Leafs and the Canadians, Reeves would meet with Jackeye. Um, and Jacki, he handled it. He just handled it, and you could tell how well he handled it by the how much uh, Reeves whined after the game that oh caught him unaware and all this sort of thing. Um, so well done, Arbor Jacki.
0: And uh, I believe there was a line that we had right at the beginning of the season that looked really, really good, and uh, stood out quite a bit to you.
1: Well, that game was such a roller coaster, um, and it ended up in a shootout, but lots of goals and and lots of great plays. And one of the one of my favorite plays of the game um, was Kirby Dot coming up um, the wing on the boards. Um, passed it in the center uh, to Yuri Slavkovsky, who didn't even think, just immediately ditched it over uh, to Alex Newhook for a tap-in goal. Yuri um, Slavkovsky, that he looked terrific as a playmaker uh, on that line. Doc looked great. Newhook got a goal, um, and we thought, wow, this line—it looks terrific. Uh, the three of them together. Little did we know that. Doc would go out, and then Newhook um, would go out. But that was that was the moment where you saw the potential of a Uri Slavkovsky, and, and he just needs to repeat that moment over and over and over again.
0: Yeah, exactly. And you mentioned that uh, Slavkovsky was uh, pretty quick to dish it off to uh, an Alex Newhook. Well, pretty quickly, uh, Slavkovsky did make a little move to get around the defender and complete that pass, and that, that was something that stood out to me. Or maybe in real time, it's pretty fast. But uh, when you look at the replay, there there was a little bit of patience Mm -hmm. patience from Slavkovsky, and you could see the vision. So I completely agree uh, uh, about that uh, with you. So on that uh, point, you know what? uh, It's been a pretty chaotic first quarter of the season. Lots of ups, uh, lots of downs, a lot of in-between for the Montreal Canadiens. So let us know your thoughts. And uh, as we head into our final break here, we want to leave you with our Canadians Connection question of the week. Can Sam Montembeau be an effective number one goalie for the Montreal Canadiens for the next three years? We want to hear from you. And with that, we'll take our final break uh, and then uh, make sure you that you stay with us. Uh, you are listening to the Canadiens Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: The Canadiens Connection is proud to be a partner of Rocket Sports Media, digital media publishers of sports and entertainment websites. Their mission is to build a worldwide network of sports fans who are informed, engaged, entertained, and connected. Learn more about RSM, its team, and its portfolio of brands at Rocketsportsmedia.com. I bet you enjoy sporting your best Habs jerseys, dressing up your kids and pets in the cutest Habs gear, and showing off your decked out hockey cave or fanning. Well, don't just show your friends, show your Habs. The Rocket Sports Media team wants you to boast your finest pictures for our global network of Montreal Canadiens fans. Include the hashtag ShowYourHabs when posting your fan photos on Twitter, Facebook or Instagram. Then log on to ShowYourHabs.com to see your entries, along with photos and posts from Habs fans all over the world. A proud member of the Rocket Sports Media Network. In addition, we also offer sponsorship opportunities for fan events and featured areas of website content, giving you name and logo recognition. Visit Rocketsportsmedia.com to contact us regarding this unique marketing opportunity. For the most trusted source of news, analysis, and features about the Montreal Canadiens, log in to THN.com Montreal your year-round source for anything Habs-related. That's THN.com slash Montreal.
0: Welcome back to episode 272 of the Canadian's Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio. You can follow at HabsConnection on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. And you can check out the website, canadiansconnection.fm. Also, remember to text us anytime via the Rocket Sports text line. It's 5853-ROCKET. That's 5853-ROCKET. And that was pretty fun uh, going through our quarter season reviews. We felt like we wanted to do things a little bit different than just uh, the old letter grade. Uh, Sometimes there are players that uh, just don't really fit in any category. And it's fine not to have to address that, but then give some praise and some disappointment to those that did fit in. And, well, these Montreal Canadiens throughout the season, like I've said, they've been pretty hard to keep track of. And if you want to find everything that you need to know, well, Rocket Sports has you covered. Uh, just head over to THN.com Montreal and you can find all of the Canadians coverage in one place. Game day previews, feature articles, uh, prospects, Laval Rocket coverage, anything and everything that you want to know all in one place. And if you're into uh, more multimedia-type content, then head over to our YouTube channel. Uh, subscribe. It's at All Habs. You can pull it up, and throughout the week, we put up several several different shows, uh, starting with the Habs Hockey Report, hosted by Amy Johnson. The latest episode, entitled, How's David Ryanbacker's Season Going in Switzerland? Also, if you want to keep up to date with the Laval Rocket, uh, Amy Johnson has you covered as well with the Rocket Hockey Report Show, the latest episode entitled Which Habs Prospects Stepped Up Last Week? Uh, Riley Kidney, Jaden Struble. Amy is a wonderful host. Uh, She's very knowledgeable, and she gives you all sorts of great content there. Remember to hit like, leave a comment to get involved in the conversation, and uh, Amy Johnson loves to interact with all her viewers.
1: She's was. a terrific Oops. member of uh, our team, and uh, but she shouldn't ask about uh, how Ryan Backer's doing because that that really struck a nerve, uh, the comments um, on that particular video. Uh, it reminded uh, fans about what was available at the draft, and, and certainly Miechkoff comes up in some of the comments and um, the record of Nick Bobroff and, and whether Canadians fans trust him or not. Nothing against David Ryanbacker but uh, fans were expecting a little bit more.
0: Absolutely. And you can also find the Canadians Connection podcast on YouTube as we've started to put it on there. Uh, the last week's episode entitled Selling Season, Montreal Canadiens Have Assets to Trade. So uh, you might even be watching us on YouTube right now, but uh, make sure that you subscribe to that to just search at All Habs and you can find all the best Montreal Canadiens content there. Uh, coming up in December, uh, we are going to start doing some, uh, watch along live streams on YouTube on our own channel. Uh, you'll get to see, uh, me hosting that, uh, along with a few of my colleagues, uh, both Nathan and Gustav. Uh, so we'll keep you up to date and, uh, look out for that. Uh, we have a lot of fun there. Uh, if you're tired of, uh, listening to all the commentators you don't agree with their takes uh, you want to have your voice heard uh tune in with us uh, we read out all the comments uh, we like to engage with everyone and have a good discussion along the way we have a lot of fun doing these uh watch along live streams
1: it was lots of fun uh, the game montreal against uh, columbus and um yeah there were some members of our own team that said uh, listen i'm tired of listening to galley gary galley i'm i'm Going to the live stream and, and uh, the discussion was great. The questions, I thought, uh, from uh, Habs fans were absolutely terrific. You got talked about a lot of different issues and uh, what a, a great way to watch the game along with, uh, with uh, all of the passionate fans that, uh, that follow us.
0: So make sure that you are subscribed to the premier Rocket Sports Radio podcast on your favourite podcast app, the Canadians Connection. You can also find it at canadiansconnection.fm. We are your inside link to the Montreal Canadiens. And as we hit December, that is the end of our Movember campaign. Uh, I was involved doing uh, a mustache growing. You saw me on the Daily Bow uh, Tracker. Uh, Rick, I believe you're doing some move. But we'd like to thank uh, everyone who got involved, who went and checked out our team page, who uh, left us any donations. Uh, this is about uh, raising awareness about men's health uh, just as much as it is about uh, collecting donations.
1: That's absolutely right. And we've been proud to be involved with the uh that men's charity uh, for the past ten years, and uh, helping to raise raise the awareness um, uh, for for men out there to um, to take the time to to uh, get themselves uh, checked, and um, and uh, also for those who are going through these issues, and, and the the people that uh, uh, love and support them.
0: So that brings us to our Canadians Connection question of the week. And we ask our listeners, can Montembeau be an effective number one goalie for the Canadians for the next three years? Sam Montembeau just signing a brand new three-year contract extension. Do you think he's going to be worth it? Let us know. We want to hear all your thoughts. Uh, I don't want to just hear, yes, it's a steal or no, it's terrible. You know, I want to hear like a nice explanation from everyone. I'd like to see that everyone puts some thought into this. And uh, Rick, I believe uh, we get a ton of emails and texts and tweets uh, directed towards us throughout the week. And uh, sometimes we like to read out some of those reactions.
1: Uh, most of them uh, this week were about goaltending, um, about those, um, those folks that support Montembeau that, that wanted to see Allen um, get the lion's share, uh, wanted to see Montembeau traded or wanted to see Primo traded or wanted to see Primo sent to Laval. Um, there was no real consensus. It was a bit all over the map. Um, but I thought something that was interesting and this, this is, um, something that came up last week, um, in our, um, we, we do winners and losers. Um, occasionally we did that last year, uh, last week, I'm sorry. Um, you had, uh, Gary Bettman on your list, um, of losers, uh, on our list of winners. I had Rick Bonus. uh, you had Alex Nadelkovich. Um, and on my list of losers, I had Marc-Antoine de, Quay, um, and de Quay, um and it was about something unrelated to the game, unrelated to uh, what happened in the Grey Cup. Uh, of course, Montreal Alouettes, winners of, of the uh, Grey Cup, uh, they're going to be recognized um, uh, tonight uh, for their eighth um, uh, Grey Cup championship uh, they'll be recognized before the Montreal Canadiens uh, play the Detroit uh, Red Wings, um, and and we congratulated the Alouettes for that. But then um, something happened, and it was um, it was Tequa who had made some comments after the game. I just thought they were divisive comments, um, and that you know there's there's being uh, a gracious loser, but there's also being a gracious winner. And he didn't need to make divisive comments um, at that moment to just celebrate the victory. Um, we had uh, a couple of, of folks that uh, sent us sent us texts. Uh, one was f- from Philippe um, in Rimouski. Uh This other one is uh, from Curtis in Laval. Uh, and, and both Philippe and Curtis um, were pleased that we mentioned um the event. Um, they were both disturbed by it. Curtis says, Hey guys, love the podcast. Huge Habs fan here and Al's fan too. Your Canadians coverage is amazing, but I can't tell you how happy I was to hear you call out Dequay for, for his keep your English and shove it comments. I was super embarrassed as an Al's fan, really put a black mark on the celebration of the great cup. Um, taking an opposite view is Brad Zuckerman um, in his Twitter bio, he says he's a lifelong Habs, L's, and Expos fan, uh, and he said, uh, Habs Connection um, on Twitter, I generally enjoy your podcast going back to the Habs 360 days, and we thank you, Brad, for sticking with us. Uh, we we um, had a, a podcast on Saturday afternoon uh, starting in about 2011, Um on, on our website uh, and we we did the Habs 360 for six years and then switched the format a little bit into the Canadians Connection. So Brad's been with us uh, a long time, uh, has enjoyed the podcast all these years, um, uh, but says he, he should, he says that uh, Rick Stevens should stick to limiting his analysis to the Montreal Canadiens. Um, didn't like my remarks about says the Montreal Alouettes. I wasn't critical of the Alouettes, uh, but about Decoy, yes, I was. And he thought my comments were off base. Um, and, and again, um, you know, stay in your lane. Yeah, focus on, on hockey. Focus on the Montreal Canadiens. I'm all on board with that. Uh, we didn't get into any kind of breakdown of, of the game. Um, I actually said that um, that in the Eastern final, um, Decoy had had played really well. Um, and, and was one of the, the, the major moments in that game. And there, I'm speaking as a fan, not as a football analyst. Um, but, you know, as a person who's lived in Quebec and understands the, the duality and, and all of that, um, I think we all do. Anyone who's been here understands that. Um, that, that. That the moment for division, there's lots of moments for division, and people can take advantage of that. I didn't see that as as just the right moment to do that, um, and so so that's why I made the comments I did. Please, some people didn't please others, um, and that's what we do. We try to be honest. We try to tell the truth. We don't try to um, you know follow the the popular comments. Um, we, we say it like it is, and I guess that's why people like Brad have enjoyed us uh, for over a decade.
0: Yeah, so appreciate uh, a long-time listener uh, chiming in in and getting into the conversation. Uh, We do receive a ton of messages, like I said. Uh, We just uh, pick out a few each week to read those on, and uh, we hope to continue to get feedback and uh, thoughts and questions from all of our listeners. Coming up this week, uh, the Montreal Canadiens do have three games, uh, starting with tonight at home. They will host the Detroit Red Wings. Uh, I believe it's going to be Jake Allen and Net, and no sign of Patrick Kane for the Detroit Red Wings <laughs> as of yet. Uh, so unfortunate, uh, we won't see any Patrick Kane there. Uh, a couple days off in between, December the 4th, Seattle's going to come to Montreal And then on the 7th, it's going to be the LA Kings coming back. So a rematch. Uh, You get to see uh, Pierre-Luc Dubois as the Los Angeles King uh, suit up against the Montreal Canadiens at home. Your uh, theory
1: fits, uh, Michael. Um, Jake Allen, uh, uh, Detroit Red Wings are top 10 in the league. Jake Allen facing uh, another top 10 team.
0: There you go. So it's not just a coincidence. I think there's something (laughs) to it. (laughs) So uh, with that, uh, it'll be a wrap for us today. Thank you all for tuning in and listening. Uh, Make sure that you're subscribed to the Canadians Connection podcast in the player or on any of your favorite podcasting apps. You can also share it on social media if you like what you heard. Enjoy the week. We'll be back here next Saturday, December the 9th for another great episode. Thank you all for listening to the Canadians Connection podcast here on Rocket Sports Radio.
2: Click subscribe so you never miss an episode of Canadian's Connection. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Rocket Sports.